Hi, this is Joel and Victoria. Thanks for listening to our podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry. If you enjoyed today's message, why don't you be a blessing and share it with a friend? We appreciate you and pray for God's very best in your life. Merry Christmas to you and your family. We are so blessed to come into your homes on this Christmas day. Hope you're having a great Christmas season. Have something a little bit different on the program today. I have some of my family with me, my beautiful wife, Victoria. My mom's here, my sister, April, my brother, Dr. Paul, my sister, Lisa, and my sister, Tamara. So we thought we would just share some holiday memories, maybe some things that will encourage and inspire you, but we're gonna have a good time together. Thanks for joining us. We just wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we wanna thank you for always being a part of this ministry. It means so much to us. Know that we're praying for you and we know God's best is still in store. We believe that. Hey, well, it was 41 years ago, Christmas time, that we got the news that my mother wasn't healthy. You probably heard me tell the story many times if you watch, but mama, I remember that so clearly because my brother Paul called me. I was in college and he said, Joel, mother's sick. And I'd never seen my mother sick a day in her life, but come to find out you were diagnosed with terminal cancer, but that was a difficult time. It was right at Christmas time, especially. And I was in the hospital till just a few days till Christmas time. But then I just remember God's word works. It never fails, Joel. But Daddy and I laid on the floor of the a foot of our bed and prayed that Jesus would touch and heal me. And do you know what he did? It's been 41 years now. I got some scriptures. I have them on my phone. I read them every day. And then I put scriptures in the house and, and pictures of me, like wanting to ride a horse that I rode 25 years ago. And I did that. And you know what? Jesus was so good and so merciful. And Joel, if it had not been for that, maybe I wouldn't be praying for the sick today. But 41 years later, Jesus gave me my life back and he can do it for you. He doesn't love me any more than he loves anybody else. So he can do that for anybody. That's amazing. Paul, I remember, you know, Paul, you're a medical doctor when you called and it wasn't good news. No, Joel, uh, the biopsies were clear. Uh, she had metastatic adenocarcinoma to her liver, which means that a, a tumor had spread to her liver, multiple areas. At that time, and even now, there's not really good treatment for it. So when they said she had a few weeks to live, that was right. Uh, her prognosis was just very, very grim. And it didn't happen overnight, Mama, but you just, you fought the good fight of faith. You stayed in that attitude of faith. You didn't go back to bed except at normal times. And I remember I'd hear my mom walking through the house quoting scriptures, I will live and not die, and God's restoring health back unto me. But I believe that, you know, it's easy to give in to the defeat and, you know, let negative words spoken over us limit our life. And, you know, Paul, you're a doctor. We believe in, you know, doctors and medicine, but sometimes they come to the end of what they can do. And so when you believe all things are possible and that, that's what we saw our mother do. And like we said, you know, many, many years later, 89 years old, still healthy and strong. Thank God. You know, I remember one thing, Joel, that I did one night when daddy was sleeping, I got up in the middle of the night, about 1230 or something like that, went into his office and I wrote some some notes apologizing to people that maybe I hadn't even done anything to, but I felt in my heart that it was so important to ask God to forgive us, ask Jesus to forgive me of things that I'd done wrong. And I wrote all the children, and I'm sure all of you had something that I had done wrong through the years, but I asked them to forgive me. I asked daddy to, I asked my mother and daddy to, and then I asked a man who was a pastor, was a good friend, and he didn't even know what I was talking about. But I got those off in the mail, and I felt so good because I felt like I'd forgiven everybody that I'd done anything to. 
and the, you know, ask them to forgive me. I think for, unforgiveness is one of the hindrances, although I'm not a specialist on this. I just think it's so important to forgive people. And so I did, and, and I just felt good about it. That's so good. That's a key to, to healing, I believe, and to living a healthy and fulfilled life. Lisa, you know, you, you bought mom those dishes during that time, that Christmas season. Tell that story. Yeah, it was really interesting because even though it was a real sad time for all of us, uh, I remember how daddy, especially, and mama, sort of set the tone for the whole environment and atmosphere. I mean, from the beginning, Daddy said, we're gonna get a miracle. We believe that God's words is true and that healing comes from God. And so after they prayed for healing, it was like, in my mind's eye as a young person, it was like, she's gonna get her miracle. And just in the home, there was just this uh, atmosphere of faith and expectancy and, and miracles. And so when we went to buy uh, a gift, it was a 12 piece set of China because mama, likes to collect china and it was so pretty and uh, they didn't have the full 12 piece uh, setting and so they said but you know within five or six weeks the other will come so we took what we had we wrapped it up and i'll never forget uh, i didn't think anything about that because i thought my mother is going to live she's not going to die she's going to declare the, the the glory of the lord and so uh, when we gave it to her, I remember how she teared up when I told her that, you know, it wouldn't, the rest wouldn't come in the next few weeks. Well, she said later, she said, I, I had the thought, I'm so glad my children think I'm going to live. And that encouraged her. And I think that it's because my mom and dad, you know, they knew the word of God. They knew the faithfulness of God. And instead of just going down that road of depression and hopelessness, they just set that tone of faith and expectancy. And we knew Jesus is our hope. And if Jesus is all we have, Jesus is all we need. And so she got, she got to enjoy that china and she still has it to this day. And it's a testament of God's faithfulness. That's so good. I remember mama, you said you put pictures up in the house from a time when you were healthy. And I came home from college and I thought, what are all these pictures doing? Mama riding a horse and her wedding pictures. But you know what she was doing? She was creating a new image of victory on the inside. In other words, she was seeing herself the way she wanted to be. And I think that's a... You know, that's that's a part of becoming who you were created to be. You have to have the vision in front of you. I've heard it said you'll never rise any higher than the way you see yourself. So she saw herself on that horse again. She saw herself healthy and whole. Even in the scripture, God told Abraham, look up from where you are and all the land that you will see, I will give it to you. And I think sometimes, you know, we can be looking down in life at our problems and what's not working out. But God's saying, look up, have a vision for it. Then he can do some awesome things in your life. That's what he's done for our mother and our family. I'm sure he's done it for you as well. Victoria, been married to for 35, 35 years. We've had 35 years. great Christmases, but... Um, yeah, you know, some of the Christmases, we've had great Christmases, but one of the things that really sticks in my mind is with our own children. And uh, through the years, we did this as a tradition. We would make clues. We called it a scavenger hunt. We would put little clues all around the house to where their gift was. And so each clue would lead them closer to their gift. And we have so many home videos because we did it year after year after year. They would find those clues and they would get their gift. But the interesting thing about that is not long ago, our kids are grown now, they're in their 20s. They made clues for us to find our gifts. And so we're running through the house trying to find our gifts. 
The thing about that is, you know, it's interesting that you can pass things down, traditions. You can pass things down to your children. In fact, the Bible talks about how we're to talk about the Lord, how we're to sit and talk about the Lord, how our life should be passing things down to them. And so just like the tradition of Christmas, we can also pass attitudes down. We can pass fear down. We can pass anger down. So it's a matter of do we want to pass the good things down or do we want to pass the not so good things down. And so I think this Christmas season, we ought to realize that we are such examples to our family and we can set new standards. We can change old ways and old mindsets by just living this out. And I think about the story we were just talking about, Dodie, about you being ill. I believe that taught the whole family that we can pray and we can believe. So what are you passing down to your kids today? You know, I think that we can all have a new start at Christmas and we can make decisions that say, you know what, I'm going to pass down good. I'm going to pass down love. I'm going to pass down kindness. But that's some of my greatest Christmas memories. And I just wonder what we're going to get for Christmas this year when we go on our scavenger hunt. (laughs) They made it a lot harder than than, than I did for them. But uh, Paul, I remember you told this story the other day in church about you called daddy at some point in your life. Can you remember that? Can you tell him he was sitting his chair. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what you're talking about, Vic. Um, you know, one Saturday morning, I was um, reading my Bible in my lazy boy recliner, in my robe, drinking coffee. And I decided, I just, I thought I'm going to call daddy and see what he's doing. So I called him. I said, daddy, what are you doing? He said, oh, Paul, you know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, it's just Saturday morning. I, I'm, I'm fine. I said, but I want to know what exactly you're doing. He said, Paul, well, I'm sitting in my lazy boy. I'm in my robe. I'm drinking coffee and I'm reading my Bible. I realized that I had become him. I had seen that model, Victoria, just like you said, all those years. And you know what? We had, I'm sure we all have have just, you know, learned to do that because of the example of my mom and dad. But it was a wonderful example to me. What you see is what uh, you're teaching as as you're raising your kids. I love that. What we can pass down, pass down love, pass down generosity, pass down hope and kindness and raising your children in church as well. I think that's good. One quick memory from me, and then I'll, I'll get to you guys. Alexander's going to sing in a moment, our daughter, with Lakewood Music. But I remember one time, Daddy was going to buy April a gift, and he's going to buy you a bicycle. And so we went up to the hardware store where we bought them during those days, and we picked out this bike. I got to pick out your bike, April, and I picked out the one I wanted. <laughs> I got you what I wanted. But so we picked out this bike, and so we brought it home. Well, he, he came back and got it, but I, I picked it out and, and he wrapped it in a big sheet on the patio. And this was like two weeks before Christmas. And so, you know, I was like eight years old. And so every day I wanted to go out there and look at it. And I said, Daddy, can I go look at the bike? It was covered. He said, no, no, you can't look at it. I said, why? I've already seen it. I, I want to see the bike. You know, I was curious. It just was kind of bugging me that it was out there and I couldn't see it. But he never let me see the bike. Well, Christmas morning, you know, we get up at six or seven and we all slept in the den and I ran out there, you know, when it was time and we pulled the sheet off. The reason why is I had two bikes under it, (laughs) one for me and one for her. What he hadn't told me is, you know, he wanted to see what bike I really wanted. And I I liken that sometimes, well, you know, what my dad was generous and my mom and all, but I liken it sometimes in in life, sometimes God, you know, it's kind of, feels like he's withholding or why can't I do this now? Why is it, why I have to wait? It's because he has something better in store. It's because he's, you know, he's in control. He's, he's guiding your life. And so I think just being patient, trusting God's timing, know that you're having to wait is because something better is coming. 
Hope you're enjoying the program today with my family. Take a listen to our daughter Alexandra and Lakewood Music, a great music group. You're going to enjoy this Hark the Herald Angel Sing. Beautiful and so great having you with us today. Merry Christmas again from our family to yours. My sister Tamara, her husband Jim, they pastor Faith Family Church in Victoria, Texas. And Tamara, always blessed to have you. Thanks, thanks. We're talking about memories. 
one of the things that I have that's special that I remember is our grandparents and how they were with us always on the holidays, uh, grandma and granddaddy, and we loved them. And, you know, we were, uh, mama, you were an only child, so we were all they had. And I think they kind of spoiled us at times, but they were always, you know, so good to us. I remember, you know, grandma coming and cooking her coconut pie and cornbread dressing, whatever she cooked, it was always good. But one time you reminded us the other day that she uh, came from Baytown one time for a holiday and forgot the turkey. So. I know, I know, I know that that probably wasn't, she probably wasn't too happy about that. But you know, I just remember how good they were to us in life and just their consistency, their simplicity. They never forgot our birthdays or Christmases. They gave us a car. You know, if all you had a car, I had a car. I had to sit on a pillow to reach the pedal. <laughs> but, it, but they were always so good. And I just, it's made me now that I have grandkids and some of you had grand, grandkids, you think about the mark you make and, and really the investment in their life. And because they had a great investment. And the Bible says in the Proverbs, that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. So it's not just money, but it's memories. And they left memories of loving us well. And, and so they were a great, great example for us. And that's what I remember about Christmas. So that's so good, Tamara. I love you. Grandma and granddaddy. Granddaddy retired early yeah. at 55. This is, we're talking about my mom's parents. And he would come down to the church and work. I'd, I'd see him under the buildings. You know, the old buildings were up on blocks and he'd be under there doing plumbing and things like that. And my little sister, April, she's probably taller than me, but my little sister, April, April goes around speaking. We'll talk about your book a little later, April, Better Every Day. Or Better Than Ever. Better Than one. Ever, yeah. <laughs> I gave her a better title, but April, how about a Christmas memory? You know, I can think about um, one time, it was near Christmas and we were going to go Christmas shopping and I got sick. And um, I had a fever and I was in bed. I was about seven years old and you know, I was so used to mom and daddy just praying over me. And we had grown up in miracles, seeing miracles, growing up with kind of that faith. And I heard daddy come home. I don't know where you were, but I heard daddy come home. I'm sure you were there. Um, and I thought, good, he can come pray for me because I was, I was wanting to go shop. That started young. <laughs> and uh, he came back there and I'll never forget what he said. He kind of felt my head and he said, April, I agree with you that you're going to be healed. And I thought, that didn't sound just right, but go ahead and pray. So he didn't pray for me. He said it again, I agree with you that you're going to be healed. And he walked out. And I thought, what in the world is wrong with him? And so I realized what he was trying to do is to teach me how to pray. And I, although I thought I should call someone, <laughs> I, I just said a simple prayer. I said, God, I, I don't feel good. Just heal me. And, you know, I, I got healed. I mean, my fever went away. I don't know how long it was, but I felt good. And I realized that day, I remember it very well in my canopy bed, that it wasn't just about the God of mama and daddy. It wasn't about their faith. But daddy, through that little bit of, of what I thought he was not being very kind to me, <laughs> you know, taught me that it's my God, it's my faith, and God hears and he answers my prayers. And, and I, that's just something that made a, a mark on me and I take to this day. Yeah, that's so good, April. I love that. Uh, we grew up going to my grandmother's house in Columbus, Georgia every Christmas and all of our cousins were there and we slept under the Christmas tree waiting, you know, for the next morning so we could get up. But I have an interesting story about that is I did that all growing up. I mean, it's some of my best memories being with my cousins and my grand at my grandmother's big old house. and. Uh, one year I went back with my one of my cousins and we went to the old house where my grandmother was and they had turned that house into a church. Someone had bought it. And so we went into the church service and we were sitting in the big room with the fireplace. We knew where the Christmas tree was. We're sitting in the back. They had set up chairs and we're sitting in the back and we're just crying. 
And after the service, the, some of the, the minister and some of them came up to us and they said, are you okay? You know, can we pray with you? Can we help you? And we were just a mess because we had just thought about all those Christmases that we had spent there with my grandmother. They would cut a tree down and bring it in. And we just told the man, we said, you know what, we're, we're fine. We love the Lord. We serve the Lord. But this was my grandmother's house and how it could be turned into a church is unbelievable. And he said, when my wife and I came to see this house, he said, my wife said, there is peace in this house and this is a house of prayer. And they bought that house and and had church service in it. So it was just remarkable to us sitting in there thinking about all the Christmases we all laid on that floor in our little pallets and all the joy we had in that house. So it's another uh, just tribute to God's faithfulness and the fact what is passed down from generation to generation. And I think to myself, it was my grandmother's prayers and maybe hers before that, that have gotten me even to where I am now. That's so good. That's amazing, Victoria. It's funny, we were in my office about a year or two ago and I was cleaning out some things and I, I keep my old Bibles and I had one of Victoria's old Bible. Anyway, I'm flipping through this and the first Bible that I got was on December the 25th, 1969. It was my red Bible and we wrote all in it and had all those funny notes. Well, and it was given to her by mom and daddy. I came across Victoria's Bible and I looked at the date. It was December the 25th, 1969. Same day from your mom and dad. Yeah, that's crazy. That's God's divine destiny. I, I think about that, how he makes things cross our paths that we don't even realize. And the, I love the story about what Paul said, because God will give you the desires of your heart when you submit to Him and when you ask Him. I know I've heard so many times people say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't have a dream for my life, but it's as simple as asking God to place His desire in your heart and to really receive that desire and believe that he, if it doesn't come immediately, that God is going to direct your path. Mm -hmm. Not to worry, don't lean on your own understanding, but really in all your ways, acknowledge Him yes. and He'll direct your path. You know, life is full of ups and downs. It's not always a straight course. There's all kinds of winding roads. Sometimes you're down, sometimes you're up, but God's always faithful. Mm, that's so good. I think about, you know, when, when I worked behind the scenes at the church doing the television production, I never had any, you know, any desire to be in front of people. But when daddy would speak a message, you know, he'd speak like maybe 40 minutes and we'd have to cut it down to like 25 minutes for the TV program. So I would have to listen to that message three or four, maybe five times to think, what's, you know, what should I cut out? Because I thought, oh, I want to make sure it makes sense and try to hear all those stories and hear all those scriptures, never realizing that God was getting me prepared for what I'm doing now. So, you know, Paul, it's just God, God knows how to connect the dots in our lives. One thing I've learned, you know, I've, I should have learned it earlier, but this, trust God's timing and trust his ways. It may not always happen your way, but I've learned God's ways are better. God has the right time. And I found if there's a right time, then any other time is the wrong time. And that's hard for us to swallow because I'm sure you're like me. You want it right now and God, come on, make it happen. But you know what? God knows what he's doing. And I think in the meantime, when it's not happening, I think a real key is to be your best where you are, to honor God. You know, you're not at the job you want. You're not in the relationship you want or you've you know, got some difficulties. But I think, you know, I like to think of it like this. If you're not faithful in the wilderness, how can God take you into the promised land? So I'd encourage you to be faithful where you are. I hope it's a great Christmas and a fun Christmas, but even if it, there's some difficulties in your life, just know that God's still ordering your steps. 
I mean, we had that Christmas, 1981. That was a difficult Christmas. We, you know, we, we planned to come home and celebrate and have fun and goof off. But, you know, it was a somber Christmas when your, your mom's just been told she has a few weeks to live. But you know what? You keep moving forward and, and you come into other chapters. You know, don't get stuck on a chapter. You keep turning that page and you watch what God will do. But, you know, I think, too, part of that vision can be the people that you surround yourself with. Yeah and the people you get around. And sometimes it's difficult if you are in a situation where you are with people who are defeated and they have so much doubt and they don't speak victory, but you you decide where you go. You decide the environment you put yourself in, whether it's going to a community where people have faith and they, they, they can speak vision over you. They can teach you to pray. They can teach you how to read the Bible because I think all of us would say here today, spending time with God has totally changed our lives. Getting in the Word of God, when we feel defeated, when we have setbacks, we can pull a promise out and it helps us change our perspective because if God said it, He'll do it. And it may not be the way we see Him do it, but if we can hold on to that promise, God can bring that promise to pass in His way. So today, you know, there is hope. And I love these stories of victory and I love these memories because we need to put this hope in us because we need to rise above the status quo and what the world would like to tell us, you know, that this is a terrible world, this is this. We are the lights of the world. I think about, like, have you ever been in, in, a, in a room or a hotel room and, and that one little light, the little green light that's shining or the little light that's on the wall, your eye goes straight to that light. The room can be dark, but your eye goes straight to that light. And that's how we are in the world. When we carry hope and we carry Christ, people's eye goes to that light. It doesn't matter how dark it is. The smallest light can shine and change things. So that's what I would say this Christmas season. Know that you've got a light on the inside of you that shines brightly and that people see that light and it's making a difference. You may not feel like it is, but you have to have the confidence and the reassurance in God that your light is shining brightly and it's making a difference, not only for you, but for your family and the people around you. Yeah, it's so awesome being with you today. We believe that you're gonna finish 2022 strong, but here's what we declare over you and your family, that 2023 will even be better. I love that scripture. It says God's taken us from glory to glory. So let's keep our hopes up. Know that God's in control. He's got you in the palm of his hand. You wouldn't be alive unless God had something amazing up in front of you. I shared the other day on the scripture in Romans 12. It says, be glad for all that God is planning for you. Like Lisa said, let's get our hopes up for 2023. Let's start dreaming again, believing again, hoping again. I believe when you do that, you're getting in agreement with God. That's not just being positive. That's releasing your faith for the awesome future that he has in store. We love you. We're going to keep praying for you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. May it be a blessed one. Thank you for listening to the Joel Osteen Podcast. Help us continue to share the message of hope with those all over the world. Visit joelosteen.com slash give hope to give a gift today. Thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope you'll subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to keep you inspired all through the week. We're praying for you. I know God's best is still ahead. We'll see you next time.